Hi, hello, Wiffle Nation, and welcome to a Wiffle Juice presentation called Sippin' Coffee with Bird. I'm your host, Carl Coffee. With you most again is my co-host, Skylar Bird. What's up, Skylar? Carl, what's going on, brother? We hey. are back at it. Yes, sir, and you're going to love this one. Episode 11. Guess who we're talking with? The Texas Wiffle Ball League's commissioner, Jack Hoving. So that has to excite you, right, Skylar Bird? Oh, yeah, I, that's where I started was TWBL, baby. You know, this show's kind of, we found our voice. We're talking to these, either these up-and-coming leagues or these leagues that are not as well-known, who just want to get out there more, and that's kind of what we're doing. And the Texas Football League is a perfect choice for episode 11, right, Skyler? Oh, yeah, because there was the heyday, the hype, the come down, where they're at now. <laughs> this, it's great. And you know, Skyler, it's May, and if you're not starting your wiffle ball season yet, you're going to start it soon. This is it. So our first segment, I call it Convince Us, Skyler, why the non-traditional wiffle schedule works. What's a non-traditional wiffle schedule? Pretty much anything that's not, and I'll even go as far as bi-weekly, because even if they have a consistent bi-weekly schedule, I'll call that traditional. So uh, a, a schedule that's just one weekend or a schedule that's uh, like four weekends a year or maybe you have, you know, five or six weekends. I don't know. But pretty much non-traditional. It's it's like, it's like what the, the Supreme Court said about pornography those years ago. I can't, defi- <laughs> <laughs> I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. That's a non-traditional wiffle schedule. You know what I mean? <laughs> what's, yeah. What's so funny? The fucking reference got me. God damn. So I uh, asked you, Skyler, because that's just what the show is. I want three reasons why a non-traditional schedule in wiffle ball works. What's your first reason? Uh, Timing. Timing. Okay, go on. <laughs> well, yeah, timing, because it's a lot easier to send out feelers to everybody and be like, hey, when, when's everybody open? Or, hey, this is the the date three months out of when we're going to have a, you know, a get a Wiffle get-together or, you know, do the league or, you know, get a quarter of it done or whatever. It's just it's just a lot easier than being like, oh, hey, every, every two weeks we're doing this. Well, you know, you start factoring in kids, jobs, rain, daylight, all that stuff. It just makes it a lot harder. Timing, number one. I mean, I can't argue that. Timing. That's why you're number one. What's number two? Well, I kind of said it in the first one, too, but it's it's being able to get everybody together, I guess, too. Like, it kind of, like, timing and getting everyone together, I guess, goes back-to-back and hand-to-hand. Yeah, I get it. But, but, you know what I mean? Like, that's the hardest part about running the league sometimes is getting everyone out there together to be able to do it, to play wiffle ball. So, you know, timing and then, obviously, being able to get everybody together. Togetherness, we'll call it. Okay, that makes sense. We'll clump it together. I feel a lot of warm wiffle hugs. Timing and togetherness. What's number three? <laughs> I mean, I wish I could stick with a T, but I kind of went blank there for a second. But I guess it'd be like, uh, you know, it just makes sense because it's, it's wiffle ball. And you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> okay. You know, I wrote down three reasons as well, okay? Because All right, let's hear it. Probably way better than mine. No, no, no. And the third one was exactly what I wrote. We didn't compare notes. So 
I'm going to talk about my other two things. And I've ran, I've ran a wiffle ball league. And, and in the early days, we tried to run a traditional schedule with the captain's scheduling. Now you think, okay, that's a good idea on paper. Captains asking other captains, hey, when can you play this? All right, we can do this day. I ask another captain, when can you do this? But Skyler, after a few years, it became a mess. And and eventually, we just said, all right, here's the schedule. If you can't do it, you have to forfeit. And any new league, Skyler, I'm telling you, traditional schedule, it's it's optimistic. And usually it's the hope and being. If, you, if you're starting a wiffle ball league, you're usually saying, hey, let's let's put out a schedule. That's just what you do, right? So it's, yeah, it's right. you kind of see that with new leagues, right? The traditional schedule, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, and I did it with mine once a month, but we're about to go to a completely non-traditional schedule and try to figure this out. And you know what? My Wiffle nerd came out for this second thing because it goes hand in hand. And when you have a mega league, when you have a lot of, league, uh, a lot of teams in your league, a lot of players, you most certainly never see a non-traditional schedule. When you have a huge player base, it means more availability. So leagues like HRL and Orable, you think they'll ever go non-traditional? Of course not. Because some of these teams have like 12 players on their team. So, I mean, all you need is four guys to play. So, like, when you see a huge league, you're going to always see a traditional schedule. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, PLW, AWA, yes. everyone else you said. I mean, yeah. I mean, when, when you have that that size, yeah. So like you said for your third reason, I wrote, do whatever the heck makes you happy and keeps things going. If you have a little league with four teams with three players on each team, you have a 12-person league, play whenever those 12 guys are available. If it's a Thursday morning, that's fine. Do it. Happy. All right. So we're going to go to our next segment. We're going to be talking to Jack's, Jack Hoving, commissioner of the Texas Wiffball League. He's next. All right, we have on the line Jack Hoving, commissioner of the Texas Wiffball League. Jack's been the commissioner since 2018. So, Jack, I have to ask you, you live in Texas, it's in the South, and you could realistically play year-round and truly set yourself apart from other leagues. Jack, is that some sort of insane nonsense coming from Carl Coffey, or is that something you should probably consider? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think it's insane. Um, it may have, might have been insane for us, because our league was I mean, 90% of the kids were in college and in high school, so summers were our only time to do it. But now that the league's kind of gotten older and um, people got, you know, just they have day jobs now and they have their weekends uh, and nights free, um, I think it's something that we could, you know, maybe not do it like league play all summer, like we do all summer long, but do something in the fall, do something in the winter, you know, just kind of more recreational play. Um, but, yeah, definitely something that we can start getting into. I, I don't think it's insane at all. All right, dude, like many leagues, medium pitches taking over. Is that where TWBL is going? And if so, why did it make, why did it make the change? 
Uh, I do think now that I'm you know, looking at the league now, I think it's the direction we're heading uh, for sure. I, uh, we have eight teams this year, um, and uh, seven of them are going to be true medium pitch teams. That includes teams like uh, Cooper Ruckel's team and Jesse Palmer's team. Like They all wanted to go over to medium pitch. Um, I think we made the decision to change just because the league voiced their opinion, and that's what they wanted to do. And I was game for it. Um, I think it it invites more people to play, um, and there's less of a learning curve. And we had a plague of zero zero finishes, wins on total bases, and that was a real problem we had to overcome last year. Um, just pitchers getting too good, and the hitting wasn't catching up. So I think this is gonna this is gonna make. I, I keep telling the guys, you know, like medium pitch isn't wild ball. You go up there and you learn how to throw medium pitch. And, there's just as much skill involved in slowing down and still having nasty stuff. Um, and you know, you'll, you'll get the hit too. You'll get to, you'll get to enjoy that part of the game too. So I, I think I love, I love the direction the league's going in that, in that regard. Jack, let me ask you something. What do you, what do you actually prefer though? If I said, Jack, what do you like fast pitch or medium pitch? What would you pick? Uh, medium pitch. You'd asked me a couple years ago, I had said fast pitch, but I think my arm and, um, and I, I like to hit too, um, but yeah, my arm troubles caught up with me, and um, it's fun to strike people out and overpower people. But uh, once that novelty wears off, man, it's medium pitch for me all day. And people don't want to go the rest of their lives with these these arm and shoulder problems, right, Jack? Well, yeah. I mean, you think about the number of people who have injuries like this in baseball alone, and they're throwing with some bit of resistance. I mean, you start throwing with a with a plastic ball and you're, you're just literally going through the motions. Um, and, you know, when it's your job and you're playing baseball for a living, that's one thing. But recreationally, man, I'm not trying to – and I, I this sentiment that's repeated by the guys, they're not trying to risk, you know, actual medical issues for, for a game that you're supposed to just enjoy and kind of play recreationally. All right, Jack. So listen, as someone from Michigan who was very much involved in wiffle ball for the last – you know, 10, 11 years. Will Marshall was, was a name that I just kind of like knew. And when I thought Texas football, that was a name that came to mind. Like he was on that Mount Rushmore of Texas football people. And obviously he is the person who he founded your league, correct? Correct. And he's gone. And all of a sudden you're now the commissioner of the Texas football league, the Texas football league. We, we did a show with the last guest, and he, his league is called the Connecticut Wiffball League, and we kind of talked about the power that comes with naming your league after the entire state. There's responsibility to that. So let me ask you, is it tough to follow such a powerful and successful Wiffle figure? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. It, it is tough. Um, and, I mean, one of the reasons he's on that Mount Rushmore is because, I mean, if you watch him during a game day at the field, you know, it's like it's a game in and of itself to just figure out where he's going to be because you look over, he's chatting up with somebody and then chatting up with the next guy. Um, he's very charismatic. And, you know, just put a, set aside how good he is and was in our league at Wiffle Ball. Um, it was the, the intangibles that come with the personality. I mean, that's I feel like that's what really brings um, your league to another level is 
when you have a reputation that kind of precedes it as being a good league, um, a good group of guys, um, a strong leader at the front of it. I mean, he's made connections all over the country. Um, and so when he kind of steps out of that, it leaves a vacuum and I'm trying to scramble to figure out, you know, where, how, who do I go to for advice? Um, what connections am I going to have to build? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's been a challenge. It still is a challenge today. Hold on, hold on. So before we go, Skyler goes to his next question, I, I gotta, I gotta ask you more about this. So, so what have you done differently as commissioner than what Will did? Um, I, I wouldn't say that I've tried to veer too far from the example he set. I mean, Will and I had our disagreements, like any two, um, you know, strong-willed people would have in that situation, trying to run a league together. Um, but as, as I've kind of if I've kind of put my own spin on the league, um, you know, I've tried to really follow the example he set by just making it, make not making it my league, but making it the team's league, and um, really be democratic in that way. And um, you know, it's 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 difficult when you also play and you represent a team to uh, to be democratic. But man, I, I couldn't put my finger on one thing that I say. Oh, I'm going to do that differently than Will. Um, I've just tried to kind of carry the torch and not try to step outside the lines too much. Um, and uh, just just keep the league the way it's always been, and keep our product the same. Fair, fair. <clears throat> All right. So Texas Wonderful is hot, but I mean the question says we're lacking national success. Whiskey ducks go, punishment goes, mix it up went. Um, a couple other guys went up there. To me, I don't really care about the national success at all. Um, but to you. Um, you know, is national success important to you at all? Or, and do you think some of these teams that are going to the national level will finally be able to be recognized? Um, I mean, I, I would, again, just point towards the league. It, it, it doesn't seem like it's all that important to them. Um, and it's not saying that we can't, we don't have guys and have had guys who have had success at the national level. Um, I just don't think it's at the forefront of our league. I think we think, I think we try to think locally. Um, and just kind of make sure we're taking care of our business at home before we look outward. Um, we're, we're in a period where we're trying to solidify a just core group of guys that, you know, we don't have to ask, you know, are you playing again next year that we can just count on them. And I think once we get to a point where, you know, 95% of the guys in the league are that way, we can start to build a, uh, build a platform that goes out and plays nationally but right now man i don't think it's important to me um i don't think it's important to the league and i'm just trying to mirror that and not step in the way jack let me ask you something though before i go to the next next question i know this is not in the show sheet but why don't you think texas has had any deep runs in national tournaments um you know it's been it's got it's a big question to me too um it's crazy to me that we really haven't had any competition even in the Metroplex. Um, and I want to attribute it to, man, Texas is so large, like maybe it's just harder to connect and, and, and build those relationships with other leagues around the state. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for his, I think it just goes back to what we've been saying as long as we've been around. Um, it really has never been at the forefront of, you know, what are we doing beyond this league? Um, I think that was kind of written in between the lines of when we were founded, like, uh, just kind of what our vision was for this league. And it was very much to just kind of revitalize the community feel of this game. Um, and it's just never really been a priority of ours. 
Um, so it hasn't really afforded me any sort of headspace to think about, you know, what are we doing? Why isn't Texas a state or Texas a wiffle ball product uh, having any success, man? It's, it's, it's really been about us and our guys for as long as I can remember. Hey, Jack, you're saying all the right things. I've been around the sport a long time. No reason not to believe you. So you're saying all the right things. And, you know, I've, I've seen too many leagues kind of pri- prioritize national success over league success. And you're, I mean, you're pretty much just saying, who cares? Who cares about these national tournaments? I'm yeah, all about the Texas Wiffle Ball League. So let's talk about it, Jack. Listen, 2022 and beyond. So what do you hope to accomplish this year and for the near future? Well, um, yeah, it's it's our it's kind of awesome. It's our 10th year anniversary. Um, and I'm glad you brought up the point about surviving the pandemic because there was, there was a real peak to our league in 2015, 2016. I felt we had um, near 20 teams, like 20 committed teams. Um, and then we just kind of went down um, from there as far as it, at least team membership goes. But... Um, I think the core guys stayed, and um, we're just really trying to cater to what they want and looking at, you know, so what, we have eight teams. It's it's less than 20, right? And so, but why does that mean that the league should be any different, right? We're going to make it, we're going to make it as good as we can with eight or 20 teams or 30 teams, you know? Um, it's just really me. There's, I have a, I have some uh, other guys helping me out, but for the most part, it's trying to keep it what I can handle and what I can be there for. Cause the one thing I don't want to do is just make people feel like they show up and leave. I want there to be a community feel. So, um, it's just, it's, we got two new teams coming in the league this year. It's making sure those guys feel welcomed and, uh, making them feel like, man, they're excited for 2023 and beyond. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, a- apart from that, um, we don't really have anything new coming into the league this year. We're trying to solidify, um, some, some, kind of contentious rules but other than that just keep the product the same these guys are loving it they just makes for really good company um so nothing nothing too crazy on the horizon just celebrating 10 years and celebrating you know the the vision that will and uh, kyle had for the league when they first found it all right last question i got it's kind of loaded i was only there in the beginning but you've seen multiple dynasties come through TWBL. In your opinion, what's the best, but also what are some other dynasties that have came through TWBL? Well, I can start with what are some other dynasties that have come through. Um, so my, I, mean, I, I think everybody's favorite, hands down, is Who's Your Daddy. Um, it was a team that Skyler's dad is on, uh, or was on, and uh, – and, uh, Will's dad, was dad. On, my dad was on it for a little bit. Um, that's one and of the Kyle's best dynasties. Dad. Kyle's dad, yeah. I mean, all the dads of the guys who started the league were basically on it. And, um, you know, it started out as, uh, you know, the dads were playing and they were the quote-unquote easy game. But um, one of the best memories I have of Texas football is we had a team called the Godfathers early on, and they were, they were yes. kind of one of the early dynasties. And uh, the dads had them in a playoff game. Um, and they're, you know, just, it would be one of those games like David and Goliath. Nobody gave him a chance and, um, they ended up, uh, ended up beating him that game. And it was one of the craziest scenes when, uh, Drew Marshall, Will's dad hit a home run, 
um, off of Jameson, uh, which would have wanted their, which would have been their ace at the time. Um, and so since then, the dads just can never be feared, and they're just they 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 play whip ball the right way. They know how to have fun and not take it too too seriously. So that would be one of the dynasties I'd put up there. Um, the uh, flaming balls for sure. Bunch of bunch of soccer guys, and you know you what you look at them. They're not very. Uh, they weren't very. Um, imposing but man they were always there and one of the things we had for a while was if you made it to the championship you never had to pay your entry fee the next year and uh and so i think for maybe five years straight they never won the flame balls never won a championship but they were always at the dance um always were a tough tough opponent to play so they saved some money, and I, for a long time, I thought that was a better deal than actually winning and getting the prize money we got. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then obviously, I special place in my heart, um, best dynasty. I mean, by far, you just look at success, you look at stats. You can't argue that the Boppers um, were the best dynasty that I know of um, to come through Texas Football League. Um, they were when you think about like a corporation just eating up competition. You know, anytime somebody would get good, we'd come in and swoop them and grab them. Um, that was the case. That's how I joined the Boppers. Um, that's how we got Brian and uh, Mark Simpson. Um, I mean, we so we, we just everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you think about the when you think just purely about this game being pitching dominated, we had the pitching, but I think what set us apart was that top to bottom, our lineup could hit. There was not an easy out in that lineup, um, and they all, they all just, everybody on that team, man. They were, they were competitive as hell. Um, you know, there was, they, it was one of those where it's like we almost took it too seriously at times, and I think that's what got under Will's skin and, and oh, at 100%. times, and why we were kind of looked at as the Yankees of the league. But man, best dynasty by far, Boppers. Oh yeah, we were definitely the Yankees of the league. We uh, that's how we got you, like you said, Mark Brian. The year that we won the second one, uh, the first team to the dynasty two two Pete. I think we signed three guys that year that were like top players on three other teams, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, it was one of those unwritten rules too. You never, we, there was never any prohibition against like signing people, but nobody ever did it. You know. We were the only ones. Yeah, really we were the only. Advantage of that. It was it was kind of like a loophole because Brian and Mark broke both had a team the year before they broke up and then you had joined us that year so it was just me and you and we went out and built the damn franchise team basically yeah. the Yankee style. Yeah, exactly. Uh, didn't we, we pay? Could... Didn't, didn't we? Didn't we pay Mark Simpson like a king size thing of Oreos or something like that or a family size thing of Oreos? Uh, I think so. I I, I remember because I, I just don't know why Mark and Brian being brothers split up. Um, I remember playing against him. And I was playing, playing against Mark, and that was one of the times I realized I wanted to stop playing against him and have him on my team because the kid was was just filthy. Um, so was his brother, Brian. I mean, and then you combine that with uh, Noah, Skyler's little brother. Um, he could hit like no other. I mean, probably one of the best hitters I've seen. Um, in this game, and gosh, that, that was a good thing. We had we had him hit lead off and hit you two hole, even though we kept telling him to hit two hole, and the dude had like eighteen home runs in the fucking lead off spot. We were like, no, <laughs> yeah. you could have like, 
double the amount of RBIs right now. He's like, no, I'm leading off. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. Now listen. <laughs> on behalf of all listeners, most people have no idea what you're talking about. But good That's answer. Right. Jack was prepared for that answer, and he gave a great answer. Right, Skyler? <laughs> yeah, and I ran with it. My bad. No, you're good. Hey, listen, man, I get it. And Skyler, to have you, anything you want to plug? Uh, always SBL Wiffle. They're about to start this month. I think in the next couple of weeks, Jacobs Field was spring training. I think it's going to be opening day too. So check that out. Birds Bats, uh, partnership with them for the field. All right. Thanks, Skyler. And Jack, anything you want to plug? Um, for us, nothing, nothing crazy. We're just getting started. Um, Skyler, I mean, do we, uh, do you, are we are we good to announce kind of announce the tournament here? Oh yeah, go for it, go for it. I'll yeah, let you do it. so um, kind of to commemorate our our tenth year, um, we're partnering up with Skyler's boys down in uh, Austin Cedar Park and uh, getting a wiffle ball tournament, our first true Texas football league hosted tournament um, up here in Dallas. Um, towards this will be August September time frame. Um, just trying to square away getting a field fields going but it's going to be a medium pitch tournament uh it's going to be a lot of fun just trying to um like we said like we've been alluding to this this state needs some some links um between the cities and the leagues and to kind of spread the spread the news that wiffle ball is not just a um, sport that you know your dad used to play in the backyard it's it's real it's competitive and um so yeah we're uh we're going to be hosting that so um be on the lookout for that i know our league's going to be hyping that up sure y'all's will too um so yeah that's uh coming up a few months honestly in in my uh years of involved with this in in this sport and skylar kind of said it in his fourth question texas wiffle is hot and we're not just talking the summer weather the you guys have a lot of really involved wiffle figures and and everyone's noticing so you guys are doing great things jack and and you're one of the reasons why so great job. I appreciate that. Also, Skyler, you're one of the reasons why. Oh, Carl. <laughs> so, hey, listen, we got a show coming up in June. We need a guest. We got a topic. Want your league featured? Want to be a guest? DM the Wiffle Juice. So, for Jack Hoving and Skyler Brown, Carl Coffee, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. See ya. Oh.